Good afternoon. Welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. She. Uh, today's show on April 24th, um, it's going to be a very interesting one. A very old friend of the shows and a, a, a friend of mine, Victory Lundquist, is going to be joining us um, prior to uh, spending time with her organization, Stop the Bug, which she is doing some incredible work with COVID-19. Uh, we will have Walter Pullen give us an astrology report. And I wanted um, uh, Alana, uh, Jessica Baird, to give a quick uh, summary of what they're doing in New Zealand in terms of stages uh, because we've had so much craziness going on here in the United States with some governors deciding that a tattoo parlor is definitely something that people need to be able to have access to right away. I mean, who doesn't need to go out and get a tattoo uh, during a pandemic? Um, so uh, my sarcasm aside, I, I really mean that. Uh, and, you know, the insanity of some of the stuff that's going on, I just have to speak to it. But before everything, before we get to that, there is something I need to say. Happy birthday to my brother. Yay! And happy birthday to my nephew. Yay! Today is their birthday, and I just wanted to give them a shout-out, something just happy and joyful, because my brother is celebrating. He doesn't do birthdays. He hasn't done them in a very long time. He just does anniversaries of his 39th birthday, which I think is kind of cool. And uh, my nephew, it's his birthday, and yesterday was my niece's birthday, so they kind of clustered together. So the clusters is cool. Uh, the other thing is Walter Pullen will be back next week uh, to redo the astrology, which was great, and we'll we'll discuss that next week. And next week we'll also have the new VAST report, which will be great. But Victory Lundquist and I initially met during Standing Rock. Um, I so admire this woman. Uh, she has such compassion for humanity for people and she's passionate about what she does um she is right now folks doing a thing called stop the bug this is a nationwide ppe task force other uh, collaborating efforts uh, to stop covid19 it's amazing to me what you've accomplished in such a short period of time victory thank you i appreciate that susan well i certainly couldn't do that without the help of the amazing volunteers on my team and the other organizations that really want to work together to help stop the bug. Yeah, I, uh, you and I talked briefly about um, you have different divisions, the, the Homeless Outreach Division, which is a major concern for me. It's really uh, nice when they say people stay at home, but if you don't have, if your home is under a bridge, it's a little difficult to, uh, you know, follow those kind of, uh, uh, you know, social distancing rules. Um, and we also briefly talked about the Indigenous Outreach Division. Uh, this is so, Indian country, so much goes on in Indian country that most people don't know. They just don't know. They're unaware. And uh, what what you guys are doing is so important. And I, I want to go into all of that. I don't know if we have... Um, uh, Jessica Baird still with us. Uh, do yes, we? I am. Oh, you are. Now, I just wanted really quickly, because of the fact that, and I mentioned this on our false start, uh, that uh, uh, our president uh, has gotten even more insane than normal uh, in t uh, talking about injecting people with uh, disinfectants. 
and uh, somehow putting light into your body. Uh, uh, you know, if, if they don't use the 25th Amendment now, they never will. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's insane. But yes, other countries... So you're saying we things, shouldn't inject bleach into our bodies willy-nilly? Willy-nilly or any other way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the... Lysol even issued a statement, yes, do not ingest our product. That's right. No. Um, and the look on this woman's face, I don't understand why she didn't just jump up and say, stop, you can't say these things publicly. Uh, I just got sent an article, we used to be the country everyone looked to. It's sad and it's terrible that uh, we are no longer a, uh, able to provide the leadership in the world that we once did. And it's left a gaping hole. Uh, we, you know, we haven't always done the right thing, and that's, and that's truth. But this is insane. And uh, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, but uh, whew, this, is, this is big stuff. And if you cannot see that this man is mentally ill at this point, you never will. Because I, I don't know what it will take. I just really don't know what it will take. Uh, but other countries have done some things we can learn from. That's a concept. Uh, New Zealand talked about bringing things back in, in stages, right? Now we yeah, so they have a strategy. It's a long-term strategy. So it's to eliminate the disease, which is everyone's goal. Um, yeah. And they have it online, and it's available, and there are four levels. Level four is lockdown. Likely the disease is not contained. Level three, restrict. High-risk disease is not contained. Level two, reduce. Disease is contained, but the risk of community transmission remains. And level one, prepare. The disease is contained in New Zealand, but not everywhere else. That's, uh, so that's pretty simple. And each one has bullet points as to what the regulations are for everyone, and that's so, everyone. So go online, folks, and check this out. It's important to know. Uh, I myself think that it's really uh, an important industry to, to be able to go and get a tattoo. So I think I'm going to fly over to Georgia. And, <laughs> sorry. I just... <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Jessica. I sure really thing. appreciate that, darling. Thanks, everyone. Okay, so victory. We um we're back with you. Uh, I tried to do a quick wrap up of all the parts I talked about missed earlier in the show. So, um, you were talking to me last night while we were texting, but uh, regarding uh, you know the Indigenous Outreach uh, Division, uh, which is really more your bailiwick, correct? Yes. Yeah, and I, I mean. Well, I will say that, you know, our first and foremost efforts were getting PPE to our front line, our first responders, our active military, um, and then specialty outreach. And and now it, it's shifted in that um, we still have first responders and frontline workers without PPE, even here in King County. Um, it's extremely concerning. And uh, I had some friends read from different tribes asking for help. So we've pivoted, and now we're doing both. Yeah, and, you know, you and I talked about because last week we had a, a, a gentleman who uh, had been released from uh, prison uh, less than a week earlier. 
we talked about how when we started Stop the Bug, we were getting PPE to the front line, the first responders, and our active duty military, as well as specialty clinics. And we continue to do that, not only in Washington State and nationwide, um, at Stop the Bug. And then I had a friend reach out um, from a tribal nation asking for help. So now we have pivoted to a much larger operation. We're all volunteer-run nonprofit. Um, so it's, it's quite a big operation to move from, you know, 200 mass here to now we're talking about 45,000 mass um, to help our tribal nations as well, you know, the tribal nations. So, yeah, that's what we're doing now. We're working um, with several tribes in the Four Corners, and we're doing outreach for our First Nations here in Washington and up in Alaska, um, also in Canada, and then we're talking to Blackfeet Nation as well in, in Montana. Yeah, that uh, um, um, is very near and dear to my heart because that's uh, Misty Upham's uh, people, and, and she was such a good friend. Um, I, I One of the things that you mentioned, because I, I said to you last night, well, I just missed a on the Navajo that was coming on the news and you talked about the tribes surrounding the Navajo are in serious peril. Uh, you mentioned quite a number of things that really struck me. Uh, very, these are real, real problems. You said of the via, uh, there's only 300 of them left and 80 of them have COVID-19. Yeah. So, uh, that's the, so there's a few just to give your listeners the geography, right? So, uh, the Diné people, which uh, my friend who is Diné prefers Diné over Navajo, um, the Diné surround the Hopi, and that's um, so that's in one area, right? So the Diné Nation has about 250,000 people, and then the Mesa above is the Hopi, and they're 10,000 people, and right now they're all trapped on a Mesa. And then um, over in the New Mexico side, we ha so that's Arizona. And then in New Mexico, we have the Pueblos, right? So we have 19 right. different Pueblos. And uh, just outside of those Pueblos is Villa. That's, that's correct. So Villa, there's only 300 members of Villa left, and 80 of them have COVID. And so when we're talking about relief efforts, right, I, I've, I have coordinated relief efforts for you know, international and domestic disasters, but I've never personally in my training faced something where we could actually lose a culture. You know, we, we lose people and it's sad and we grieve that, but to lose a culture it is really hard on my heart and I, I'm sure anybody that's listening, I, I can't even imagine what that's like. And then furthermore, to reinforce that pain is that the government is doing so little to help. And so uh, we at Stop the Bug really want to reinforce protecting the sacred, you know. I know, I know, I know that's who you are as a human being. And, uh, you know, Indian country has suffered a lot from corruption and so forth, too, just like other people, but it's not seen as much. Um, and you mentioned uh, uh, that somebody who's supposed to be helping uh, has instead taken money. Um, um, from the CARES Act. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, so um, whenever I do an outreach uh, into any Indigenous community, I, I like to always find um, people that I know, right? So a lot Correct. of when you're working in an Indigenous country, it's really about relationships and building up trust. And so 
um, this particular person who I don't know if she would like to be named, so I'm not going to name her, but she is definitely in a position to know. Um, And what she informed me is that the CARES Act was $8 billion package from the Trump administration, right? Well, not from the Trump administration, but passed through, you know, our branches of government was supposed to go down to indigenous and communities. And the Trump appointee um, apparently did in Alaska. So not Alaskan indigenous communities, but Alaskan corporate. And before through, she put in um, basically a small clause having that $8 billion operations. And so uh, what I've been informed of is that that were meant to get that money never and so they're suing right now in dire straits about tribes you know when I talked about Arizona or New Mexico we're talking about tribes that are stranded right on a mesa where it takes three and a half hours to get to a hospital so happen and if you're quarantined just run, get food, trapped without food or water. Well, in Alaska, you have people similar. You're breaking maybe up. Maybe they're Victory. on a. Oh, I'm sorry. In Alaska, you have similar people that are on a straight and or hours away from food and water or hospitals. Right. So it's even more important to get that money to those villages because the cost of trying to get uh, these tribal nations food, water, hospital care, medical care is even higher than, say, perhaps a tribe that is close to the Seattle area or a, a big urban location where they have Exactly, exactly. Yeah, because if you're, you know, if you're a, a Mokotio, you know, not Mokotio, uh, um, that's a town north of Seattle, I'm talking about south of Seattle, uh, you know, if you're you know, any of the tribes right around there, you you have access. Sure. But if sure. you're, I mean, I have friends in Alaska, you know, their village gets in. I mean, they, do you know what I mean? It's, they're, yeah. they're isolated. Yeah. And, you know, what we're seeing, Susan, is a system failure. You know, I, I have been in this field for 20 years, right? I joined the fire department in 2000. I went on to to help coordinate in the tsunami efforts, 9-11, you know, Puerto Rico, what have you. And, and in all of my training, it was always to follow a certain protocol that we as first responders have to take care of ourselves first. And what that means is you don proper PPE, you know, you check the scene before you go in, you doff that proper PPE. We have never, ever in the history of having this system been in a situation where we as first responders don't have access to that PPE, personal protective equipment. We've never, ever been in a situation where the government hasn't provided care for our hospitals, our fire departments, our police departments. So you're seeing a system-wide failure where hospitals and fire departments and police departments are having to try to figure it out on their own when normally they're inside such a strict protocol that if they step outside that, they're facing a lawsuit. So now everybody's kind of going, I don't know what to do. I don't have the things to protect myself, but I'm still afraid of getting sued. What's the protocol here? And they're getting no instruction from the top. 
Well, that's that's what I talked about earlier, and I don't know if any of that went out on the air, uh, that uh, we we were the country that everybody looked to since, you know, World War II, and uh, we're not providing any kind of leadership. We, we, I mean, when you have the president of the country telling people they need to take disinfectant, that they need to you know, drink Lysol, uh, inject you know, this is a, as a, as a, I mean, that's, that's insanity. I am, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you talk about the inmate running the asylum. I mean, it's, it's, it's like unbelievable. Um, I don't know how that this can be allowed to continue. Um, we have to have leadership. We need leadership. Uh, in the, the lack of leadership, insanity ensues. Right. And, and I think, you know, and certainly I can only speak from sort of my world as a first responder, but what I can tell you is that what's happening is people are starting to just go out of that normal stream and step out and try new things. It's, it's a very, it's a lot like our country sending soldiers into war with no guns and no helmets and then kind of going, well, we're enacting an order that you have to have guns and helmets within 24 hours, but we're not going to provide them for you. So I don't yeah, know you have you... to go. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, you could have said it better. That's uh, such a beautiful anal- analogy. I mean, you can't tell the governors, oh, all these supplies belong to us. Well, who is us? It's the United States of America. That's us. Okay. Well, well, we're not going to give them to you. You have to go get your own supplies. You've got to buy against each other. Governors have to buy against each other. Like, who... That's leadership. Yeah, well, I mean, right. it doesn't make any sense. And then when the governors do join together, like Washington, Oregon, and California, and New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, there's seven of them over on the east. Then it goes, no, no, I make all the decisions. Well, you don't know how to make a decision, except I want to win a re-election. That's the only decision you're focused on. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, agree. I, I think the concerning thing, too, for us that are working so hard to take care of our front line is that then you have states ordering PPE, which really should be provided by, for you know, from the federal government. And I'm not Practical. saying that from a political standpoint. I'm saying that no. from, from actually how our system is set up, right? And so right. I try to kind of steer clear of the politics because my job is really just to get PPE where it needs to go. But what I certainly can tell you is that that we have governors ordering that PPE and then FEMA is seizing it. And 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 from my response, we ran into that in Puerto Rico as well, where, you know, we would get we would get donations needed for people into San Juan and then FEMA was seizing them. And we don't know where that is going, but it's extremely frustrating when you have a hospital that is spending, you know, $1.5 million to try to get KN95s and isolation gowns, and then those are seized by FEMA, and that hospital never receives that PPE. And we don't know what's happening to to the PPE. We don't know what's happening to those supplies. Uh, That's personal protective equipment, for those of you who don't know what PPE stands for. But... uh, just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. So, you know, I, I will say, because I like to balance everything out with, with the positive, um, you know, every single effort I've been a part of from, you know, 9-11 to this, 
I always see this incredible resilience of humanity. I mean, yes. I, I could write books about the beautiful things I've seen, about people holding hands in at ground zero with the ashes still falling, praying of all different paths, right? Things that, you know, evoke tears and, and love in our heart because, in essence, I believe that, that that's who we are as humans. And here I see that again with these efforts. You have people that are dropping everything that are saying to our organization that Stop the Bug, you know, can we, I'm happy to drive, you know, an hour to go pick up PPE and take it to a hospital. We have people that have sprung to action that are contacting us that will help us sew isolation gowns or sew masks to get them out there on our firefighters. You know, it's, it's really beautiful to see all of the efforts and the desire to help from people, you know. Absolutely. And your organization is so layered. There's so many aspects to it. Uh, I want to bring that back up. Stop the bug. Uh, yeah. Because uh, uh, it's really, really important that people know what you're doing, how they can volunteer, how they can help, what they can do. I mean, you're one of the organizations that I'd like to see people be able to send a, 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 send a, a, a donation to because uh what you're doing is is huge i mean you you have huge numbers of people i was so impressed with all the different people you're working with i mean my goodness for you folks that don't know uh stop the bug is on facebook uh you can go to info at stop the bug to learn more or just go online stop the bug uh, nationwide and check that out because of all the things that they're doing and see how you can fit in there, what you can do to help make a difference. Thank you. Yeah. Our website is www.stopthebug.org. There's many ways people can help. We have uh, people from Google that have, are helping us, people from Microsoft. Um, you know, I think funding is probably our biggest need right now, especially as we move into helping some of these tribes in the Four Corners and the First Nations where it is harder to get, you know, we want to get semis of food and water and household supplies as well as masks out to, you know, some of these people that are literally physically trapped on a mesa. We have 10,000 people that are trapped on a mesa in Arizona. And they can't leave. No, they can't leave and they have no access to food or water. So, you know, it, it, because I, really, I know they had to haul water in previously. I remember remember that from some years ago. Uh, but what what is stopping them from being able to get food and water in? Sure. Well, if, uh, to understand the geography a little bit again. So when we're talking about this tribal nation, they're up on a mesa and they are surrounded by, by the Diné who are also sick. Right. So. Right. So COVID is is spreading quite quickly. And so they're quarantined up on a Mesa. There is no hospital, you know, up there. There is no grocery store up there. So they're not able to leave their houses. And so now they're inside these houses. And, you know, we're talking about tribal nations that already are impoverished. So they're, they're, it's, you're not talking about a family that has the ability to go to Costco and stock up for three months. You know, they are on a limited budget. They're already put in these precarious situations. So, you know, they literally are stuck in their homes with no ability for food or, or water. So you have individuals in the community that are being brave enough to bring a boxed lunch to families, right? But they're putting themselves at risk. And so it's really a situation where our desire at Stop the Bug is to 
work with tribal leadership always in respect and in protocol for their tribal sovereignty and bring in food and water and medical supplies for them. But that is three and a half hours away from an urban city. So that takes a lot of funding and planning and transportation and all of that good stuff, logistics to figure out. Yeah, it um, and and it needs, you know, feet on the ground. I mean, it, mm-hmm. even if they're six feet apart <laughs> or something, but we do need to, I mean, a truck going up there, you know, and 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 letting the people unload it from there or something. Do you know what I mean? There, there, there has to be ways that we could do this. Yes, yes. So we're talking about semi trucks, getting semi trucks out there, and then shifting the pallets of food to loaders because semi trucks can't get up on the mesa. If you've ever driven up on any of those mesas, they, yep. it's a little like you need a jeep to get up there. I know. Um, I, I get so that. The, yeah, so the loaders then would go up there, and then then you need the people distributing, of course, to have full PPE so that they are, A, not infecting themselves, but they're not infecting others. So, you know, here at Stop the Bug, we recommend different protocol. We like to wipe down everything with bleach, bleach water, you know, that sort of thing before someone is touching it. So you just make sure that you are not spreading the virus. You know, it's interesting to me. We're talking about uh, a mesa uh, in Arizona, and you say that stop the bug. That Washington State still has great need, and and I'm like, uh, okay, your Washington State is you know uh, economically in in good shape. It's do you know what I mean? It's urban. Uh, there, it's full of thoughtful people. Uh, blah blah blah. All of this. They're still in need. And then you think about these people who are isolated with no access mm-hmm. to anything, no grocery store. I mean, we have some serious problems in our country, and they need to be addressed by thinking, compassionate, intelligent people. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And I think that's happening, Susan. I I, I do. I, I do. I, there's you guys, for one. Thank you. Well, you know, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I am a former Buddhist nun. And in my time in the monastery, (laughs) you know, what we would do in our meditation is is we would do what's called anapana, where you watch the breath, and then vipassana, where you're watching your mind. And at the end of every meditation, we do what's called parmetta. And parmetta means love for myself and love for all beings. And you literally start with yourself and you fill yourself with love. And then you fill your home with love. And then you fill, fill your neighborhood with love. And then you fill your city with love. And, and you keep expanding until Eccentric, you're holding sir. the whole universe in love. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that is what needs to happen. And if we were all functioning from a place of compassion and love for all beings, then we wouldn't have these gaps, right? You know, I totally agree. Even in the Christian religion, love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, it starts in the center of you, the center of heaven. You know, heaven is the center of your of your being, and that and expands out that way. I mean, no matter what word you use, you know, it's it, it all amounts to the same thing if it comes from a place of love, and yeah. uh, and and compassion. I remember. I don't know if you remember this. We met just before you were headed out to Standing Rock uh, at. Uh, I don't know, it was a Whole Foods or something. I don't remember <laughs> what you can't do now. And I gave you crystals to take with you, you know. Mm-hmm. 
for that. And that was such a, a small little thing, but it was important to me that I contribute something that was more than just, uh, uh, I had already contributed paper for the school and, you know, other things like this, but I wanted to contribute something to the soul. And I I think we have to hit it on both things. We have to look at how how we we come from the center. I am very frankly a little um, uh, tired of hearing people that call themselves metaphysical coming from a place of fear and going through all of this, looking for blame and trying to find people to pin things on. I don't want to do that. I want to look for solutions. I I want us to, to come together at our best selves. And you yes. you spoke to that a minute ago, and I thought that was so important to say. You see people, you know, doing so many beautiful things, and um, we really are all in this together. And if people don't get that, I, it's sad because we're just going to send love to those who don't get it anyway. Whether you, whether you send love at yourself or not, you're getting love coming to you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, and Susan, I think you touched on something really important, and you know, I, I think that. It's really interesting because I have a foot in both worlds, right? So I have a foot in the spiritual world, you know, as a chaplain, and I have a foot, you know, in this world as a first responder. And and I, I think that a lot of this, I think the biggest disease and virus and illness here is fear. And and yes. I think that if, that, you know, and I can understand when people lash out, whether it's lashing out against the governor or lashing out against the president, you know, because people are scared. They, they don't understand right. this. All of us are scared, right? And, and I think that it's really important to find a way to care for ourselves in this time. And whether it's, you know, going out and simply just being in nature in a responsible way, or it's praying, or it's meditating, or it's just simply telling somebody that you think they're wonderful and you love them. You know, it's, it's, so, it's so much more important now in these times to be kind. Right? I, right. I got a call, right. a call from a charge nurse from an isolation and quarantine unit here in King County, and they have no gowns, and they're using dollar store rain ponchos, you know, and, and her, her voice was, was, had normalized that, right? And I just went, wow, that must be difficult, and it stopped her enough to go, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, it is difficult, right? Like, just kind of holding space for her and how she might feel in that. And whoever we're talking to, just holding space and letting them be seen in what they're, you know, however they're feeling. Right. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, people need to be acknowledged. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think there's, I think the most important thing that I I would love people to understand is that there is still a huge huge need um not only in our urban settings like we touched upon with even here in washington state we were the first epicenter right we had the first deaths in right. the country and so we got emergency funding first and we still are at our tier one and tier two and you can understand the tiers a little bit better if you go to our website at stopthebug.org um but tier one basically means the people that are at the greatest risk, our hospital workers, our first responders. But our tier twos, tier three, tier four, which is your senior care facilities, your isolation quarantine units, your homeless outreach, none of them are getting hit. They're not getting PPE because there isn't enough. There still isn't enough. So we have 3,000 
uh, seamsters, we like to call them, um, that are making masks that send them to stop the bug and we get them out to where they need to go. And we need more help. We need fabric and elastic and there's so many ways people can help even if they don't know how to sew they can cut fabric we need isolation gowns you know go ahead what were you going to say i was going to say one of the things i really liked on your website was uh, the explanation of different masks and and things that you you've got these because some something people you can't just pick up any piece of fabric and and do whatever I mean, right. you've got really good guidelines. I, I was really impressed by that. Thank you, Susan. Well, you know, one of the things I did first is I went straight to Harborview Hospital. Harborview Medical Center in Washington State is our trauma center. It's also our King County Disaster Center. So I've been running these patterns through Harborview. So instead good. of just kind of willy-nilly kind of finding a pattern off, because that's probably the biggest source of misinformation is, there's all these different mass patterns out there. I mean, and we, I've seen people with really a bandana around their face, you know. I mean, it's like... Well, and per CDC, a bandana is to be used in lieu of a mask. But if you look at some of our charts, bandanas are at the very bottom of filtration. You'd, you'd exactly. be better off wrapping a T-shirt around your mouth. But this is what I mean about these old protocols that aren't they, you have to be compliant to these protocols, but they don't fit the situation. And so we're Absolutely. also working to change protocols to make sure that healthcare workers are protected, to make sure that we're, we're adapting what is needed at the moment. I mean, you've got mask patterns, explanations under it, gown patterns, materials, and tutorials. I mean, the tutorials, hello. I mean, it's just the whole thing, additional information, hospital guidelines, all of this. I mean, you you have, you guys, you, I mean, well, you've been doing this a long time. I know that. You, you go where the need is. I know the things you've been through. A lot of people don't. I'm not going to go into it now. But you are one of my heroes. I know you don't know that. Aww. But... <laughs> But but you truly are. I mean, you you lead with your heart, but your mind follows. That's the important thing. You have to do both things. You know, I used to call myself a practical visionary. <laughs> it's like, like you you're you're putting the vision into action, and I that is so important. And I and anything I can do to support what a stop the bug is doing, you got me, girl. Oh, well, thank you, Susan. I, I really appreciate that. Well, you know, I, I genuinely feel that we are all family, all humanity, and I really we have are. love for every single person, even, you know, the people that, that sometimes Annoy you. do harm. You know? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, me too. I love them. I just don't want them in a position to hurt more people. Um, we are almost out of time. We have like two minutes left. Uh, we've had those technical difficulties at the beginning of the show, which kind of you know, made things a little harder, but uh, I want to have you on again and, and talk some more. But right now, if you can give us the most important thing you think people should hear. I think the most important thing is to, to stay with love, stay with the best in yourself and the best in all people and put that love in action, go out and help in any way you can, whether it's feeding the homeless, you know, with proper PPE, whether it's sewing a mask, whether it's even just putting something positive on your social media, be a source of love and light. And let go of fear. Yes. I'm going to add that. Indeed. And let go of the fear. Quit looking yes. at things to be afraid of. There, You know, um, I'm going to tell you, 
I know this uh, for a fact that um, there are there's no one. Uh, Bill Gates is a good human being, and the World Health Organization is, does good work. Uh, yes, it needs more, and and, and it does something because it brings information together and it disperses that information so people can use it and uh, make a difference. And every all the people that are doing everything they can to do something positive, support them instead of being fearful, okay? Yes, and let's all come together and stop the yeah. bug. Stop the bug, baby. Stop the bug. <laughs> I want a T-shirt that says stop the bug. Okay. We've got them. They're on our website. How much <laughs> are those a- babies? I don't know. You'll have to look, but they go have to go on the website so. and look. Yeah. <laughs> Go to Stop the Bug and get your T-shirt today, folks. Listen, <laughs> I have been, I love to dance. You can't go out dancing, but you can dance around your house. And I advise you to to dance and to sing and to send love out because if you're just spinning in a circle like little kids do and you're going, ooh, and you're dancing, you're contributing. Just that silliness contributes to the health and welfare of the planet. I know that sounds simple and stupid, but it's not. But do more than that. Do everything you can. When you go out, I put on a mask. I know that all that does is protect other people from me, but I keep six feet distance from people, and I and I treat them with courtesy. I stop at the end of an aisle. I had to be at Home Depot and waited until people went past to move forward. Those few seconds in your life can make a huge difference for other people. Don't be in such a big hurry. Relax. Take your time and uh, learn to love. But until then, folks, remember to keep on dancing. Are you ready to become comfortable in your own skin? The Vast Institute's encouraging curriculum is designed to infuse your world with optimism and creative life solutions. Our four pillars of learning provide a holographic toolkit taking you to the next level. If you're ready to experience a quality of life currently beyond your imagination, call us at 206-935-7872 or visit our website at vastinstitute.com to discover how to enrich your life at work or play. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Susan Harmon is offering her skills as an intuitive counselor, medium, and energy healer via phone or Skype with her audience at a reduced rate of $40 for the first half hour. Susan listens to your guidance and gives what is needed for you in the present moment. Email Susan at SusanHarmon.com and put I love the Susan Harmon Hour in the subject line. This is a limited time offer, so set up your appointment by emailing Susan at SusanHarmon.com today.